0: You're listening to the Mormon Expression Podcast. Find us on the web at Mormonexpression.com.
1: Mormon Expression is made possible through your generous support. Consider a subscription or a donation today.
0: And thanks. It's time for the annual Listener Essay Contest.
1: Essays must be recorded in any audio format and be less than 10 minutes, dealing with any topic in Mormonism.
0: And the winner will receive a $100 prize.
1: Essays may be submitted by sending a message to mail at mormonexpression.com.
0: We look forward to hearing your entries and good luck.
1: And finally, the Mormon Expression annual live event will be August 6, 2011 in Salt Lake City.
0: It's going to be a fabulous evening filled with music and the spoken word.
1: Get your tickets now by going to mormonexpression.com slash tickets on our website.
0: We look forward to seeing everybody there.
1: welcome back to another edition of Mormon expression I'm your host John Larson and tonight we have assembled in and uh, the all-stars the heavy hitters again to take on a heavy heavy subject um, first of all from the other side of the world uh, Glenn hey Glenn
2: I'm not that far away anymore
1: oh well I, 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 I'm, just, I I'm just I'm just in like, in you're Indiana, in the Midwest
2: I, I'll, I'll take the heavy heavy part Oh, okay
1: well w- welcome back you know Glenn we don't we don't get too we don't get to be on. It's like we're on on opposite times, you know. We're we're we don't get to be on together that that often anymore. I don't know who you are anymore.
2: <laughs> you don't sing me love songs.
1: <laughs> all right, and if we have Glenn, um, in order to balance it, we have to have Tom. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Am I Glenn's yin and yang? All yeah, right. you know, like baking soda and vinegar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we also have uh, Rich. Rich is with us. Hey, welcome back, Rich. Hey, how's it going? Going good. And we have uh, Heather. Heather. Hello. You didn't know I was going to introduce you.
0: No, I thought I was just listening Well, today. I figured
1: you'd have something to say. Perhaps. Heather, you're getting the most requests on the boards for, um, on the comment boards for bringing you on regular like.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. When that's, I've you, been, know, I, you know i can't posting check, those comments. i can't check
1: those I can't check i p addresses you know <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not all you are they? yeah
0: they're all from me hmm.
1: all right well okay, that's a couple still, of them for me too still points for uh, you know that's how Glenn got on so um yeah. still points for <laughs> points for trying uh, all right and we have a couple of members in the illustrious studio audience um so uh, welcome studio audience um and um and and here we are now um this this podcast we're gonna do tonight is one we've been talking about doing for uh quite a long time Um, and just as a little background into the podcast uh, we we tend to we we don't tend to we have a production meeting every month where we talk about what's on the schedule we talk about what ideas are good and what's bad and what's been done and and you know to keep us try to keep it a little bit more creative than not go stale and one of the things that we talk about quite a bit are are the subjects of objectivity balance and bias and it is probably the, um, the, the 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 topics that we get the most um, negative feedback on, or the most criticism, if if you will, um, that the we get accused of not being uh, not or of uh, being biased, of not being objective, and being I uh, um, I don't know, generally stacking the deck. Um, and Tom, um, we did a survey a few months ago, and then that came up on the survey, also, didn't it?
3: Yeah, we we've actually done as far. as, as I can tell, we've done two surveys, one over a year ago, and then we did one back in February or March, maybe January, somewhere in there. It's been a few months ago when we asked the four questions. W- what Mormon Expression P- P- podcast did you like the most and then the least? What would you like to see us do in the future? And then comments and suggestions. And there's, there's quite a few comments and suggestions and even some of the uh, details that they list in some of the podcasts about um, – you know, criticisms or encouragement that we are objective or biased or not. So,
1: so yeah, um, and that's what we want to talk about tonight. Um, whether or not we are biased, um, <laughs> 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 what, what that means and, um, sort of what our direction on this is. Um, so uh, maybe I'll just throw the question out there Are we biased? Glenn? Yes, we are. Everybody's biased. I mean, everybody. People can't walk around without a bias. So, so what does it even mean? What what does it even mean? mean to be biased? It means you've got an opinion, right? But doesn't it mean more You're, like you have a slant or an agenda? It just yeah. means you have you've a, got a You've got a in slant. In you've
2: got an agenda, and it comes out in what you say.
1: Yeah.
2: Sure, um, we're biased. But, so, but we're not all biased the same way. We 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 all have our different different slants on things.
1: So, what is to to to, to you guys? um Especially, I, I made me this more, or, or, or some of our newer guys like Rich and, and Heather. What is Mormon expressions bias, in your opinion?
4: Hmm. I think that, I guess, I, I have a hard time defining it, because biasm to me is just, uh, or having a bias, I'm pretty sure I made that last word up. His, bias. Uh, like, bias. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah. Go with it. But, uh, biasism No, I think everybody has it. Everyone has that worldview. Everyone has it. So when you say how is Mormon expression bias, I think that probably the majority of people that listen to it are somewhat disaffected. So I think that that's probably a little bit of a bias we have, but I don't think that that's a negative thing. I think that we compensate with our uh, objectivity
1: and different things like that. All right. Heather.
0: Um, I think that if anything, Mormon expression can be perceived as biased by more faithful listeners because we don't take the um, – oh, crud, now I can't think of the term right now. We don't we don't toe the party line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The show is perfectly willing to look at all the tough issues. But I also think that despite the bias, the thing that I have valued the most about Mormon expression is that um, you're completely fair. And that if there's something positive about the church, you're not – you don't – shy away from it or or, uh, deny it because it doesn't feed into your particular viewpoint. You know what I mean? You're you're willing to say this is bad and that's good.
2: Heather, do do you think that there's a a spirit of reverence that ever comes across (laughs) on Mormon expression?
0: No, nor do I think there should be. Just but, in the
2: but opening I prayers, I think that there man. is. I think that there. I think there have definitely been times where there's spirit of of reverence. Like I, I think about Zilpha's interview with Nate.
0: Yes, I agree. Actually, I, I
2: think there. I mean, I think there definitely is a, a spirit of reverence that comes, but it's not what you would typically think of as you know Sunday school chapel reverence.
0: Well, because we because there's a reverence for the struggle, I think, and for the. The way that religion affects people, rather than the religion itself, that's probably what there is a reverence for. Yeah,
4: well said.
1: Well, you know, when it comes to reverence, I, I, there there are topics that we have um, that I know, in particular, I have refused to to address, even though they've been they've been requested, and they're topics that when we have addressed them, we've been extremely careful in our yeah. editing and in our uh, in what in what we talk about. Um, so I, I think there are things that are fair ground for, um, you know, ridicule or iconoclasm or shining a, a light of, of lightheartedness on. And there are, there are things that that we've avoided on that. So, um, I can, I, I will fully own the fact that we don't approach many, many things with reverence. Um, but I, I think reverence is like a cudgel that people used to like, you know, bang on, you know, to try to like say, this is our grounds that you're not allowed. This is a line you're not allowed to cross. You can't, you can't come in here because it's one of those words that just changes its meaning all the time. I just posted on Facebook. Some of you have seen it. <laughs> uh, that I took a picture in a church where they, they said, um, you know, in the spirit of reverence in the, in the gym, don't wear a tank top, wear a t-shirt. So t-shirts are now the definition of reverence. So if you wear a t-shirt, you know, it could be a Rage Against the Machine T-shirt, but if you wear the T-shirt, you're, you're reverent. If you, you know, you, you have those shoulders, um, then you you haven't gone to reverence. So, it, I think I think that's it's, it's absolutely true that we're irreverent sometimes. Well, I want to I want to go back to this
3: objectivity thing. And when we first started this, John, I remember talking to you and some of the other guys that our goal was is we wanted to be able to explore all the different perspectives and the views and directions that encompass Mormonism in one way or another. And yeah, in a a weird sort of way, we all kind of wanted to be objective, you know, kind of like a newspaper would be, um, where we wanted to be able to have a place for the believers, we want to have a place for the critics and everywhere in between. But even if you look at the scientific community and like journalism, those two specific areas that are actually designed to be objective and they have fail safes, they have they have systems that they have to go through because of the bias that each reporter has each scientist has i mean you can't escape it and and as long as we've been doing this john I've, i've tried to be objective i've tried to balance it out but it seems like every time every single time we get feedback that 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 podcast sucked because of this, or this podcast was great because of this. You get this extreme bipolar effect that just drives me crazy. There's we can try to be objective, but for some reason, I keep thinking we're just not. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be objective, but it just seems like
1: I'm striking out every time I go up to the plate. I don't know what it is well. I think there's a couple things there we need to unpack. But the first thing I want, I want to talk about is after we started the podcast, I started reading a lot more. And I don't know what you'd call it. The philosophy of the media. Um, and, you know, for a long time, the, 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 the newspapers and the media approached this sort of third person omniscient voice. Um, where, you know, they would write it in a sense that it, they were completely disassociated from it. They were dispassionate. Um, and a, a lot of, Thinkers in this sort of thing of late say, well, that's unachievable. Everybody has an opinion, like we've said. So you should write your own opinion into it more, just so long as it's clear, you know, that, that, um, you know, there are those who say that the media should be very upfront about what their bias are. And once you understand that, then you have a better idea of what they're saying. And, um, I did a shift about, I don't know, it wasn't very far in, about 20 or 25 episodes in, where, um, I gave up trying to not be, Um, that, that third person voice. And in the beginning I sort of pulled back and I, I didn't express my own voice, but what I try to do is I try to only express my own voice when it's appropriate, when I am part of the dialogue. And I don't usually try to color it very much when I'm talking to some, to somebody else. Now, obviously you can't escape that, but I fall in that second camp now that we should more acknowledge our own biases than try to pretend they don't exist. That's fair um it's it's, it's not it's not always easy
3: well i think it's it's downright impossible in some circumstances i just i don't know i mean a clear example is when i did the uh podcast with gene sessions
1: Mm, and
3: then we were getting all kinds of criticisms so i went out of my way to try to get will bagley to try to get the other view you know that was uh that was just kind of my attempt at trying to balance both sides but I still feel like I
4: failed at trying to be objective. I don't know why. Well, you, there's no, there's no way you can avoid your biasism. I mean, <laughs> biasism again. <laughs> there's no way you can avoid that. But that's a. Uh, I mean, so I think what we're but, talking about here is just acknowledging it is fine. I mean, going out and scheduling a whole other podcast. I mean, that's above and beyond what we you know.
3: So- so what is really the the vision here? I mean, is it just the fact that we're trying to be objective? Is that good enough? No, you. Or is you, it you're just providing
4: a big enough landing pad for enough people that 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 you know need a community?
1: I I think we're trying to be objective, and I'm going to get back to that. I want to say one thing first. First of all, you know, I call this objectivity objectivity balance and bias. Let's first of all get rid of balance. There's no such thing. That's a myth that was like invented by the baby boomers or something. <laughs> because there's this idea out there in the, in the, in the popular media that there's two views. There's conservatives and there's liberals. There's Democrats and there's Republicans. There's ex-Mormons and there's Mormons. And, and, and that's just, that's just a bunch of hogwash. The idea that you can have one person on and have the other person express the other view is simply crazy. It, it ignores the, 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 all the many flavors. And that's what I wanted to get into saying sort of where, where we go with that. If you take, like, the podcast on Gene Sessions, the podcast is about what Gene Sessions thought about the Mountain Meadows Massacre. In that sense, the podcast was 100% objective. When you came in, you were trying to elicit what Gene Sessions thought about the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Um and if we had Dallin Oaks on doing the same thing, the podcast would be about the same thing. It wouldn't be about sticking it to 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 Dallin. It would be about finding out what he believes on the Mountain Meadows massacre. I think where a lot of people make a mistake is they listen to it and say, you know, when you have Will Bagley on, he has a bias. Well, of course he has a bias. Therefore, we are like enabling his bias or something. But I I think they're fundamentally misunderstanding what we're trying to do.
2: So John, if if we're throwing out the word balance though let's let's try and replace it with something else that that does a better job of meaning what it is that balance was attempting to mean in the first place like like perspective or 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 respect or you know like what 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 is it that we're trying to do you know what because tom can't balance gene sessions with will bagley because there isn't you know a, a a yin and a yang that that we can balance these two things. But what is it that we're trying to do? We're trying to get respectful perspectives on. Is that what we're doing when we say balance?
1: Well, that, that's an excellent point. And 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 maybe I'll backpedal a little bit because let's talk about our conference reviews. Um, you know, cause we've been criticized for criticizing conference. Now yeah. now we throw around the word criticism. Let's let's make a, a clear distinction because this is very very important to what we do. There are there are two criticisms out there. One is the the, the higher criticism you, you, you learn about in school, which is looking at something critical, applying critical thinking skills to something, you know, trying to find out what the premises are, what they're trying to make, their argumentation. Then there's just like criticizing like, you know, Andy Cap does to his wife. Is that too much kind of of reference? Yeah, just being negative in general. Yeah, just
4: being negative. Yeah, one's almost scholarly, a pursuit of self-knowledge and enlightenment, and one's just having an opinion and sticking it.
1: If, if you read a clit- critical review of books, um, they are always full of negativity. Because, you know, nothing, e- even books they like or books they recommend, um, because nothing is perfect, nothing is without flaw- fault, nothing is without flaw. The problem is a lot of members of the church are raised on this only inside the church. They, 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 they are perfectly able to think everywhere else. But inside the church, they're raised on this thing that they can't apply critical thinking to anything. And, you know, when you take conference, the reason conference is easy for us is because there's so much low-hanging fruit because they are so used to not being challenged at all. Now, now the point I want to make is when we, when we when we approach conference, we're approaching it from a critical point of view. But we bring in other voices. We bring in, you know, this last conference we had an ex-Jehovah Witness, we had an evangelical, we had a faithful Mormons, we had semi-faithful Mormons, we had less than faithful Mormons, we had even even and down from there. So, so our our goal was to try to stack the 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 different opinions. We had, you know, we had women, we had men, we had minorities, we had whatever we could find to to try to look at it from a hundred different perspectives. Now, it all like lines up sort of critically. Because that, that's what that's where our position is. But the idea that we would be balanced if we had a bunch of faithful people who are not willing to criticize conference at all, saying yay, and then the other ones who are all like boo, that, that somehow you would you would achieve something is, is a ridiculous idea to me. Well, not only that, but I mean, in
3: one of the feedbacks in the in the recent survey that we had, someone wrote in and said, "You guys need to quit trying to be so objective and balanced." When you, and referencing even the conference editions, go at it critical, go at it from a secular point of view, because that we don't have that. If people want the positive, they know where to go. You can listen to conference. You can listen to whatever the church provides from LDS website, but there's just not that opposing view. So in a weird sort of way, if we come at a critical perspective, then we're kind of offering a little bit of balance for the. Public at large, I suppose. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and and um, that I should probably address somewhat how we select topics. <laughs> so, um, you know, if if I'm selecting something for the Dummies podcast, let's say um, coming up here, we're, we're in the next few months, we're going to be doing um, Doctrine and Covenants section seven and Doctrine and Covenants section nineteen. Um, we tend to select things that have been that there's an interesting story, or, or a better example is, is the Pullman speech, right? The, the the faithful sort of that side of the story is already out there. It's the, the interesting part of the story is there's something beneath it that no one knew about. Um, so you can accuse us of being unbalanced or, or biased or not objective. Well, you couldn't accuse us of not, being not objective because we presented very objectively. Glenn, Glenn did an excellent job with the editing, putting them side by side by side. Um, but we selected that story because it was interesting. But it's interesting because the church has gone too far the other direction. So we do fill that position of of being critical. But that's because we're looking for material that's worth talking about.
4: I can see that view. You wouldn't have to step back very far to see that we do have another. We're putting just another voice in the world out there, you know, and 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 perhaps making it a little bit more balanced in that sense. Even though that word doesn't exist.
0: So Can I'm, we sorry. Oh,
1: sorry, go ahead, Heather.
0: Um, is the worry uh about bias based on listener feedback?
1: I I no, I would say that, you know, like I I was kind of saying in the introduction, this is something we spend a great deal of time ourselves mm-hmm. worrying about. I know that we're probably sounding hyper defensive, but really I wish more wanted to expose to the world our thought process in this. Because it is something that we, we tend to worry about quite quite a bit um and and to question ourselves which probably um, sets us different from the church. I don't know. They did.
0: <laughs> well, the reason I ask is that Tom was saying that he had on Gene Sessions and he got flack for that. So he had on Will Bagley and he got flack for that. And it occurred to me perhaps the, the, the problem with bias is on the side of the listeners. And so when you post something that doesn't play to the bias of a particular listener, they complain about it. And so – that's where maybe the feedback of you're being biased is coming from, is from people who are listening, who aren't happy with what you've presented, and and voicing their dissatisfaction with it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I th- go ahead, Tom.
3: No, I think I think Heather's got an excellent point. I I think that's a a key to a key issue to be addressed. I also think that as far as I as far as I can tell, I don't want to speak for anybody else on the podcast, but for me ex- exclusively, I'm very self critical and and I self analyze to a fault. And so I'm, I'm always trying to provide a balance as far as appeasing my own conscience, Um, and, and when I don't see that, and then when I get listener feedback that basically confirms my, my fears or my doubts within myself, it only frustrates me more like, ah, oh, I, I, I totally missed the mark on that. And that's the bad part is, is because when you see listener feedback and there's one bad review, <laughs> you know, there's that there's that one a hole like, well, this is the worst one ever. I'm not going to listen anymore. <laughs> and and then but then there could be 50 or 60 feedbacks that are like, this was great. I really appreciate it. You you'll completely ignore all the positive stuff, and that one negative one will stick with you. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to overcome that.
1: But <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, well, if it's any consolation, almost everybody who says we'll never listen again always comes back for more um, comments later. But what, what, what I, what I think is interesting is, you know, to, to build on Heather's point, how much those people are trying to control the, the, the dialogue and not that they, that on, on also, this isn't a like Mormon versus ex Mormon thing. This is all over the board. The people really want to force us to, you know, you should never do that again. You can't talk about this. Take, um, recently the, the, um, podcast we had with Mike Tannehill, um, um, we y'all knew we had to talk about Mike sometime tonight. <laughs> um, uh, Glenn, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> uh, where um, Mike? It was, and, and Glenn, you can shed more light on this because uh, you were hosting it. But Mike uh, decided to to say an opening prayer.
2: Yeah. Well, Mike was hosting it, right? And and, and actually, yeah, uh, Mike, Mike did a, uh, an opening prayer. And, uh, I mean, to, to be, to be completely transparent, the opening prayer happened before we really started quote unquote rec- rec- uh, recording it, right? Um, but we referenced it several times throughout the, uh, the podcast. So going back and doing the editing, I thought, ah, well, we ought to kick it off with a, with a prayer. So that, that was just an editing choice that I made, um, putting it at the beginning of the podcast, but then it, it sure, Lit up the uh, well, uh <laughs> the, the
1: boards. You know, to to me, when I fir- first started reading the comments, because because I, I knew the prayer was in there, and I
2: thought, uh it's not something, <laughs> it's not something that I would have ever done. Um, right. and uh, but you know, and, and and we talked about it in the production meeting when it came out. I remember you and Tom were like, you, you you really put the prayer in there, Glenn. I'm like, yeah, I like it, but
1: you know, Mike wanted to do the prayer. When yeah. we first got the comments, you know, we got a lot of negative comments right out the front door for that thing. Yep. Um, but then as I watched them go, um, I, I, I started realizing we've stumbled onto something here because we touched a lot of nerves, but all, all over the, pl- all over the place. Yep. Um, and, and when that starts happening, you know, it, uh, to quote Robert Pierce, if you're, if you're walking down a trail and you see, you know, one trail go off at, at, you know, 45 degrees and then a little bit later you see another one go off at 30 degrees then a little bit later you see another one go off you know at, at another angle you start saying there must be something over there um so when you start seeing all these comments you're saying well, something is going on there that i i want to explore further now, i'm not ready to like start throwing opening prayers on all the podcast but <laughs> right. but you, you know we we stumbled into something we didn't quite realize what what we were getting into there which which made for interesting um discussion
2: well, and I think you know, you you said, John, that I hosted. It was actually Mike yeah. that, that hosted that, and and, and th- this was one of the things that interested me at the very beginning when I started coming into Mormon Expression was was your openness, John, to listeners getting involved, and that, that's how Mike got involved in Mormon Expression as well. Um, you know, j- just as a listener wanting to to participate. Um, and, and being able to come on and have this forum, what what did you call it, Rich, a, a landing pad? Yeah. You know, where people could come in and express their own Mormon expressions. And that's how Mike wanted to express his reaction to our 132 discussion, you know, DNC 132. He wanted to open it up with a prayer. He wanted to do it like an elders quorum uh, discussion. And and all those things came out in the comments on on the board, and I think it, it – it's a good thing to talk about when we're discussing objectivity and and you know, our own biases that we say, okay, all right, Mike, you wanted to do it, you've been a, a part of Mormon Expression. Here's your turn. You can do it and, right. and uh you know, see how it goes.
1: Um my, Mike has some beliefs that I seriously disagree <laughs> disagree with. Yeah. You. Um as do as do many others. But um Mike is a genuinely loving person and i know that people out there just i i heard the collective groan and eye rolls but he does this that he interacts with us apostates because he generally he genuinely um he, you know he he believes literally in you know the salvation story and, and he wants to help us um but heather you you put up on the board a couple days ago a really great defense of of mike
0: Oh, you mean the separate from the prayer controversy. Yeah. When I said that I didn't, well there's a lot of first of all, Mike never responds to any criticism. The only response he ever gives is kind of a laugh, right? When somebody outright insults him. And there and I I was cringing every time I got on and read he's a nut job. Why do you have this guy on? Like all these mean things that they would never say to his face. And so and and then and the not only were was I worried that they were Maybe hurting his feelings, but I think they're completely unfounded because he's expressing the TBM point of view. I mean that I grew up hearing what he talked about. To me, from my understanding, with from my experience with Mormonism, that is what the church believes. So why is he the TBM nut job for for saying so? I mean, it's not like it's not like you're going to get another TBM on who's going to believe any differently. And if they do, if they do believe any differently, are they a TBM?
1: Well, Mike I, Mike is a friend of mine. Um, my, the reason Mike is on the podcast is not because he's you know crazy uh, or that he, <laughs> he expresses some extremist view. He is on the podcast largely because he will do it. and, and, and all the time we get um, requests, you know and this goes to this goes to our central topic of, of bias and balance and all that sort of stuff. To get a more middle-of-the-road Mormon on, to get somebody who is more, I don't know, palpable, I guess is what (laughs) they're looking for, Um, my contention, and I I dare to be proved wrong, is that they don't exist. They're they're not there. And I'm talking about the type of Mormon who would express a middle-of-the-road, mainstream Mormon view who would be able to contend with the discussion who would understand the issues and be able to engage in civil dialogue. And even know about them. And even under, yeah, even know about them. They're they're simply not there.
3: Yeah, or or even be able to take really constructive criticism to several doctrinal points and be able to hold their own without just uh, looking like a fool and then feel embarrassed. I mean, that's why we have apologetics. That's what they do. They try to find ways to answer a lot of these difficult questions.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm curious though. Th- th- there, there's got to be a handful of people out there who are listening to this right now, thinking, "Oh, I'm that person," and and even Brant, who was on that podcast, might be one of those. I, I mean, I don't know, Brant. You'll have to shoot me an email and let me know if you think you're one of those. He he wasn't as vocal um, when when we had had that Abraham podcast, but he's a believer. Um, I I don't know that he would consider himself TBM. He doesn't. He doesn't agree with Mike on all things, but he's he, he was one of the faithful ones that Mike didn't call out when he called out <laughs> Tom and Jesse and I as being unfaithful on the uh, on on that panel. But uh, I, I don't know. I I I think there's probably still some out there, John, that that would think that they fit that uh, definition but well, uh that you gave.
1: And we're accepting um applications, you know. Uh <laughs> yeah. you know, if they, and, and, and and we've reached out and we continue to reach out to apologists, you know, we've had a lot of great apologists on Jeff Lindsay, Kevin Barney. Um yeah. you know, you know we we've, we've we've had them and and we will continue to provide an environment where whoever it is who has something interesting to say can come on and you can listen to our archives. I challenge anybody. We we do not try to trap people we I, I i've said over and over again we want to hear their story um you know so so be it we're talking to ed decker or we're talking to uh, i don't know if we were talking to to um
0: sherry do
1: oh sherry do <laughs> sherry if you're out there <laughs> um i want i want to know what makes them tick um and and that that's what's interesting
3: Okay, so on, along this, that point there, John, because we do get a lot of criticism when we bring on a lot of these uh, schism people, you know, like that have started their own church. I can't remember the guy that well, you had on that was from... We haven't brought on a lot. I know we do, we do take criticism for that. We haven't brought on a lot, have we? No, we haven't had a lot. We have probably had like two or three, right? Yeah. But uh, we get quite a bit of flack for that. And in the survey, I, I would have to say that maybe a third of them were were those saying that they were just crazy. But the funny thing is, is when we get a lot of requests for, I want to hear from, you know, some of the other crazies like uh, Arbola or Namelka from the sealed portion and stuff like that. When we get requests, it seems to be very polaristic. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to hear from those fragmented divisional Starter uppers. <laughs> yeah, then then there seems to be a lot of people that just don't want to hear it. That just shake their head like that's despicable. I don't want to hear anything about that.
1: Well, and, I don't know. And and you know, um Tom, that we we we've had a lot of debate about this, especially when issues come with mental illness. So you know, I have a strict no mental illness um rule. But <laughs> if God, if God's talking to you. Um, that's a fine line between being a prophet and being um, mentally ill, and some people would say there's no line at all. And and that's and I, I'm not I'm not trying to make a joke, although it's kind of funny. Um, it's it's a serious serious issue, you know.
3: Yeah, uh, but but who who are you or? Or me or Glenn to be a psychologist to actually diagnose them. Well, as that's that's psychotic. where it gets
1: tough, and that's why I've I've told you guys the rule is they have to have followers. Um, you know, if 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 you don't have any followers, then then you're just <laughs> plain crazy, right? You got to get at least one.
3: You have to be at least crazy and <laughs> is charismatic.
1: The, is, <laughs> yeah. are, we, to, are we fashion. talking about one person in particular right now? I don't have anybody in mind. To you, You okay. t- Probably shouldn't sit <laughs> here whisper it in my ear. Okay. <laughs> no, All no. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah, you know, like when we brought on Matthew Gill, um, t- to me, you know, he he has a few followers, um, probably less than a hundred worldwide, um, and the Book of Jaronic um is not very convincing to me, um, but I thought, have you prayed about it, John? <laughs> 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 no, I I have <laughs> come to come to think of it. <laughs> Maybe um, that's the. I I I, th- I thought that the pattern was was very close to that of joseph smith I'm not saying he was another joseph smith but i thought the discussion with him shed light on the psychology of how people reacted to joseph smith at the time you, you know because because i i think those of us who grew up um with joseph smith as a prophet tended to exclude him and 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 we talk about critics um critics of the of the early church just being you know satanic or you know inspired by evil preachers or whatever. But what I would hope that people who listen to that don't abandon their belief in Joseph Smith based on Matthew Gill, but they would say, holy crap, I'm reacting to Matthew Gill the same way everybody reacted to Joseph Smith. That that That's m- what my hope would be. It wasn't really to try to ridicule him, and I hope it didn't come out that way. But you know, here is this phenomenon of, of what Joseph Smith went through, and it's still happening today, and we can look at it and talk to him today, and we can't talk to Joseph Smith.
3: I, I feel the exact same way when we have someone like Gil on or or even the Dream Mind guy, Doc Hansen, I just I'm completely fascinated at the level of belief. Um, I, I don't judge them or at least I try not to. I, I know I, I get caught up in kidding around because I think some of some of the beliefs are obviously silly, but but to, to be honest, I think it's absolutely fascinating that their level of belief in things that I consider crazy is very firm. And very grounded in their opinions, and I think that's. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's really not too far off from someone like Mike. He he, f- he firmly believes in certain aspects and doctrines that he holds strong to, and it's really not any different. And it's. And I think it's fascinating if you can take a step back and compare them all because there's similarities in all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and something like the dream mind. He- you know, one, I think one of the themes of the podcast has, has been this sort of shared culture and shared history. And the dream mine is not just about some people who believe this crazy thing about this gold mine, but it's this thread that goes through, especially Utah County history and connects into the brethren. And it's just, it's just this fascinating reflection of, of, of the church. And I, I would think that people who are really knee deep in the church are not going to be able to see sort of what goes on around them. But in, in the reflection of the cold, the, 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 is it, the, the coal—it's uh, the the Kohler Bishop Kohler, isn't that his name? Anyway, Coil John Co- Coil Coil—that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. In reflection of the Coil mine, they might see some of those things as to how the rest of the world sees them. Now, I'm not commenting on the truth value of it. It's just I think Mormons and all of us in general would do better to try to understand the way the rest of the world understands us. And then they might interact with the world in a more healthy way when they go out um, with their missionaries. So if, if anything, I'm trying to put that mirror up and say, here is an aspect of us. It's a little bit weird, but to an outsider, it's not that weird. I mean, it's not that, it's not that much different than what the rest, the other stuff, you know, we, when, if you're, if you're a regular Mormon, you say, Oh, the, the dream mind's really weird compared to this, <laughs> this other stuff. An outsider would put them on par with, with each other.
0: I've got another yeah, good ex- I,
1: Oh, sorry, Heather. I was just going to throw out
0: another good example of that that probably isn't relevant to the discussion, but um, I was reading somewhere about people getting so upset with uh, South Park um, showing Joseph Smith looking into a hat to translate the Book of Mormon. (laughs) And they were pointing out that the only reason that that we're comfortable with Joseph Smith translating the book of Mormon with the Urim and Thummim is because that's the narrative we were raised with. And if we were raised with the idea that he stuck his head in a hat and then South Park put on the showing him using a Urim and Thummim would be, plate and the yeah, we would be equally as horrified. Right. So yeah. yeah, like I said, I don't know that that's necessarily relevant, but it's something that came to my mind.
2: Oh, it's, I think it's relevant. It's, it's called normal form. I mean, the the way that I was brought up studying it, and it's it, it's what John was talking about with the the mirror that, mm-hmm. that you hold up, and you show what's uh, normal in your culture versus what's normal in other people's culture, and and
0: uh, yeah. an outsider looks in and says there it's both weird, both of it's weird.
2: Yeah, yeah. It 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 has to do with how you were how you were raised, what 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 you were acculturated with to think is normal.
1: <laughs> well, and and, and sometimes we overreact to the way the outside world. Um, reacts to us, this goes to something I was reading today, but, you know, Mormons get really upset, mainstream Mormons, when the rest of the world mixes up the FLDS and the Mormons. But I dare you next week to go to church and see how many Mormons can tell the difference between a Lutheran and a Presbyterian. Right. So, you know, we get really upset they can't see these these minute differences because, you know, oh, well, we don't practice polygamy, but we kind of believe it, and they practice it, but... But, but, you know, we don't give the same courtesy to, to the rest of the world, you know, and, no. th- and that, that goes to that central, that central question of bias, mm-hmm. because it's not just that I have my beliefs. It's this inability to see outside of those beliefs. And I, I think we do need to talk a little bit about in Mormonism. There's a strong culture of victimhood, especially when it comes to their biases. Glenn, you're, you're a good victim. Why don't you take that one around <laughs> with it? <me? laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> I, I just, it just came to mind. You're you're fine. You're okay, all pretty. Thanks. You're all pretty. Okay. All right. You're still supposed to run with it. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I have no idea where to go with that, John. Sometimes you just have to take off your clothes and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All oh, right. Geez. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the most heavily criticized podcast
2: we've had so far. So far. You always have to say yeah. so far. Well, so actually, far. The, the the Christmas uh, one was more no. criticized than the newest. No, I, well,
1: are you, yeah, you going to go with the, the newest one, Glenn? I mean, Tom?
2: What, what do you mean? That was most
3: heavily criticized? Yeah. I think if I numbered it right, it was either right down the middle or the Christmas one did edge it out. Christmas one uh, got but when affected. I went through that, the you're, Christmas you're, one was hated.
1: You're, you're, no, no, it wasn't. You're, see, you, it was. it, that's your own bias, uh, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you're talking about the survey.
2: I'm, I'm being evicted again. And, evicted. And, and
1: none of them had a huge number of 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 people didn't like them. You know, it, it was the numbers were like four or five. Um, and and the survey, you know, was small and it wasn't scientific, so it doesn't necessarily represent what you know. Most people listen to the podcast. Um, aren't going to respond one way or the other. They're not going to fill out a survey. They're not going to comment on the boards. They're not going to do anything like that. So uh, we always have to be careful about, you know, and we talked about this uh, earlier, not that I don't love all the people who post to the to our board, but they each usually have their own individual theological or otherwise ax to grind, you know. Well, and the, and they,
3: they probably just represent a very small minority of our listeners.
1: Right. And I yeah. I, I I should say this now. I do not expect anybody – want to listen to all of our podcasts i don't set it up that way i don't expect that i don't even want to listen to them all because i i figure there's there's things that you're interested in there's things that you're not interested in and everybody has my permission to skip any podcast (laughs) that they don't feel (laughs) interested in because we're not trying to keep that whole thread through all of them
0: um i think that part of being a grown-up is <laughs> is coming to accept that there're going to be things out there that you don't like um I got into an interesting discussion with my sister over Twilight. I hate, oh. <laughs> I hate Twilight. Hate it with a passion. And uh-huh. my... You know you're a girl, right, Heather? You're supposed I, yes, to. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> and <laughs> I've become kind of notorious in my friend circle for bashing on it and criticizing it. And like, I can't let it go. And my sister asked me one time... um, or I asked her, well, okay, people get upset that I don't like it. They get upset that I criticize it so heavily. And my, um, I was asking my sister, what, why, why do people get so upset that I don't like Twilight? And my sister said, well, people want to know that you like everything about them, not just some things about them. And I told her that I thought that part of being a grown up is coming to understand that there are probably some things about you. That other people don't like. I am perfectly willing to admit that there are things about the about me that even my husband probably can't stand. I don't expect I don't even expect my good friends and family to like everything about me. So people should maybe step back and say, I don't have to like absolutely every podcast that Mormon Expression puts out. And if you only want to get on to hear John Larson rant, then only get on when John Larson's on. Don't listen to the ones that Mike Tannehill is hosting.
2: And we should totally do a Twilight podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: I was watching. Thanks for, thanks for giving Glenn the idea. Uh, I was watching uh, one of those movies just last week. It was on where I was. And uh, oh, my goodness gracious. That is the most misogynistic show I've ever seen in my life. So are you Team Edward or Team Jacob then, John? <laughs> I would definitely say Team Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no argument there. He yeah.
0: likes them with his shirt off.
1: Oh, yeah. They're so. running around in the woods. And, yeah. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a quick. We talked
4: about grown-up moments. So this is my grown-up <laughs> moment. Um, I kind of came up – I have kind of used it as a mantra. Um, but maybe we can poke holes in it here tonight. But here's something that I believe. I I think that um, people aren't right and people aren't wrong. They're just different. So that's kind of something that I have to repeat to myself. And that includes me, obviously. So, But I think there's probably some flaws with that thinking, but – for me, that's what I have to go at to to try and remain objective in, in things that I say and things that I write and just in general.
0: So, are you telling me that when I tell my friends they are wrong for liking Twilight that I'm actually being childish?
4: Uh, yeah, in a way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know.
4: <laughs> and and
1: from a personal note, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jacob. Well,
1: I I think that – and I speak for myself here, and you guys, if if you don't agree – you can, you can, you can, you can chime in. You mean we can
3: disagree with you, John? You can't.
1: No. All right. The, my life would be a lot easier in many ways if I was to suddenly decide that the church was true. I bet I could triple the audience to the podcast. Um, I could get on the the um, fireside circuit to talk. Um, I could. Um, mend relationships with family members and other. Oh, you could friends.
2: write a book about your, your journey
1: back. I could write a book and get it published <laughs> through Desert. But I, I, I mean, I'm being facetious here, but I'm saying that there's not all advantages to staying that there, there would be advantage to going the other way. I am open to being convinced that I am wrong. Now, yeah. I, I, I may be wrong on anything that I, that I put out there. And I'm fully willing to, to acknowledge that. I know it'll be difficult because I've done it before. And one of the difference between the ex-Mormons and the mainstream Mormons is we have, the ex-Mormons, and I include myself, even though I'm still a, a member, we've gone through that process of changing our mind. So we understand what it, what it entails. Um, but I am willing to hear the other side. We do not have a predetermined end to Mormon expression. Mormon expression is not here necessarily to convince you that the church is not true. But what I do want people to know and understand is what really happened and uh, what the real story is and what the real facts are and on top of that I want people to understand what the opinions are out there um so in that aspect you know if we're talking about DNC7 another teaser we're going to talk about the ways that the thing was changed right those are facts those are not a matter of bias now the, where I'm going with this is there are plenty of people in the church that will try to convince you that merely stating those facts, those matters of facts that are uncontested, is a bias against the church. Um, And that's where I fully and full-on depart with with many of the apologists. Mm. Yeah, you said necessarily. Necessarily, what did I say? Necessarily what?
2: We're not necessarily trying to convince you that the church is not true.
1: Well, uh, that, that's, a, and, and,
2: that's like the missionary showing up at your door. We're not necessarily trying to baptize you.
1: That's a, that's a good catch. The only reason I hedge yeah. is, is, I mean, let, let me be clear again. I do not believe that the church is true. Yeah. Um, and I believe that it's full of all sorts of things that are not only downright wrong, but fraudulent. Um, so, so so I, I, I and I, I think I've said this before. I think there are people who can healthily thrive in the church and live a normal, productive, happy life. But there are people who psychologically suffer from from things that, that, that are knowingly propagated that are untrue and are not verifiable and are they're just they're just plain old wrong and psychologically damaging. And so there's a part of me that wants to bring that part of the church down, that wants to separate people from that damage. There's another part of me that wants people to go on living their happy life and if they want to believe this, you know, there's no thought crimes, they just go on living in the church. And those two elements are conflicting inside me.
2: Yeah. And and I feel that conflict too. And and when when people talk about integrity as a reason why they can't stay in the church anymore, that that's a discussion I want to I want to have more. I want to yeah. understand that better because to me Integrity is kind of one of the reasons why I stay, you know, one one foot in, one foot out. Where am I? I don't I don't know. But the things that are important to me right now are, are the relationships that I have with people who are still in the church who still maintain that belief. And I, I e- even though my belief is different, I don't want to have my belief so far in their face that I'm being insulting to them, and you know, making that relationship difficult, and and so try you know trying to figure out how to how to how to play in that space, you know where that where there is that conflict between those things that you you talked about. That's that's kind of where I'm struggling, and I I I want to see where we can have Mormon expression be a place that helps other people that might be in that same struggle as well. Not where we're just discounting belief and going. You know, I mean, Nathan and I got into it a little bit on the Sunday morning or Saturday morning conference thing when he, he talked about the, uh, the angels being crap. <laughs> you know, if you <laughs> listen to that, and I thought, you know, I, I can agree with that too, but are, are we really going to say it that way? Is, is that really the most respectful way to, to talk about it? Is, is that to our advantage? Is, is that integrity to talk but about there- it that way? You, you,
3: I, I, I completely understand what you're saying on this aspect there, Glenn, but there is something to standing up for what you believe in. And if you firmly believe the church isn't true, yeah. I mean, there there is a whole lot of integrity. I mean, personally, I, I really admire those people that come to that conclusion and they look at the, all the negative consequences of making a decision such as leaving the church and they still go through with it. You know, I... I I don't know. I, I really admire that. I'm, I kind of cowered up a little bit, you know, kind of shy away from saying, well, you know, I haven't, that's not me. Um, but I really admire and, and, uh, really applaud that kind of courage because I think there's a good portion of our listenership and including participating on this podcast that have done that, that have had to face those troubled waters of family and friends and, and an an uncertain future of making a decision like that, that, that takes a whole lot of
2: courage, man. I, well, I, I I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't say anything that made it sound like, I don't think that too. I I absolutely think so. And, and so when we do podcasts, but do you think it, so when we do podcasts, like uh, mistakes were made that, that help other people, um, you know, make those transitions uh, without making those kinds of mistakes, you know, Or, or, or I know, um, there's been a suggestion on doing a podcast about the the pros and cons of uh, sending in your resignation letter. You know th- things like that, where where Mormon expression could explore uh, that space a little bit, a little bit more. Go ahead, Tom. You were asking me a question.
3: Oh, yeah. I was just trying to follow up. So you 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 were insinuating, I guess, that uh, it takes a lot of integrity to stay in.
2: Well, I don't understand do you, what it, I, I, I I just I don't understand the integrity issue because I think it's different for for different people. Well, I, so agree to, th- to, I agree with you. I agree with you there. To people say, "Oh, it"? I I couldn't stay because of integrity. Makes me feel like. They're saying to me, you don't have integrity because you're staying in. And then if I turn around and say, oh, well, I have integrity because I'm staying in, then does that mean that I'm saying to them, you don't have integrity because you left? I mean, it gets to like this finger pointing thing that I don't want it to be like I'm pointing fingers back and forth at people.
4: That pivots on just bias, though. I mean, that that's yeah. the same thing. I mean, that you're saying the same thing. And I it, and I and I have to kind of back up Tom on this. I think that it's probably the definition of integrity to leave the church for doctrinal and historical beliefs that are in conflict with what they were raised with and that kind it, of thing.
2: I, I think that's but, true. But, if that why if but 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 if but if I'm if I'm not being dishonest, and I'm still in the church and I'm having these conversations right. with my bishop and I'm saying, Bishop, this is how I this is who I am. This is what I believe. You know, I'm on Mormon expression. I'm using my name. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not
4: calling no. you integral by doing right. that or anybody that stays in the church. It's just – and it, I don't know if the word is integrity, I guess, for well, what you're
1: doing. I don't know. if I, don't, I have a hard time with that too from your same view, just a different angle. I've, I've interacted with a lot of people on all, on all sides, and I think that the people who tend to get involved, be it apologetics or becoming general authorities – or becoming rabid anti-mormons or doing things like mormon expression or writing blogs for the blogger knackle these people are all people who are people of integrity and they yeah. they they are people who take this all very seriously which is what ends up, ends up there one of the questions offline that I get asked the most the people scratch their head like why would you want to do this at all you know you've decided the church isn't true why do you keep doing this and you know and I give them answers that they don't they don't quite understand and i don't quite understand but there's this there's this propelling force that's deep down to our integrity um that we feel like it's something we we need to do we're driven to do it out of our sense of honesty now everybody who's listening to this podcast has made it this far everybody needs to go read the book mistakes were made um but not by me who wrote that one anybody remember all right i'll Uh, i'll I'll post it up on the
4: google
0: knows
1: uh, Google, Google, Tesla. No. Um,
3: Carol T- Tavris and Elliot Elliot Aronson, something <laughs> that. All right, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Tom.
1: Nice, thanks. big help. Um, like a five-year-old doing the dishes. All right, um, so, so, it because the the book argues very effectively that because of our own biases, we will distort the truth um, in our own minds and still believe we are being honest. And and that's where you know a lot of people look at like apologists who are very intelligent people making clearly fallacious arguments. Um you know that that a, a sophomore in a, in a in a logic class could tear to pieces. And they say how can these people do this? How can they how can they ar-? I mean let's let's be let's be clear. How can they argue from a conclusion? That's the antithesis of science. How can they be scientists and be arguing backwards? Everybody is taught that you can't do that. But they're not doing it out of a sense of dishonesty. They're doing it out of a sense of integrity based on their own bias. And we all have that. Um, and we all can't see through it. Um, and, and, you, and you, and that's, that's one of the reasons that I think the podcast format is so important because there is no smoking gun on any side. There is no one argument you can make to make people change their mind. It has to be approached from a thousand directions. And what I would hope is that anybody who listens to the podcast will eventually come away with a peaceful place about their faith because that situation that where you're in, where you, feel that you're not in a position of integrity, where you're believing contradictory things that are chewing you up, you have to resolve that somehow, or it's going to come out in really negative ways. And hopefully we can help people find a spot. If that's in the church, so be it.
2: So I, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I had this conversation. I went in and talked with my bishop a few weeks ago, and um, he he told me that people come in to, to, I mean, he, he's a, he's an interesting guy. He he told me that people come in and they're looking for something to be uplifted when when they come to church on Sunday, and his his objective is to send them away with something that's uplifting. And I thought, you know, I can't I can't argue with that. That sounds like a good thing. That sounds you know. So for all of the churches, not true statements that that we could make. Can I sustain a guy who that's his objective? To when people come in and they need something to be uplifted by, that that's what he wants to do. And when I look around and I see the way that he's doing it, I go, okay, you know, I, he's he's actually doing some practical things. And I'm not going to go into all the details of the way that he's organizing the the, the ward. But I mean, I've I, I, probably taken a off track. I, I think that uh, that there are some options. Besides, you know, once once you once you understand these historical things and can come to a place where you go, the church is not true. You you do have some options on what the choices that you make are, um, and I think there's ways to maintain integrity uh, and, and still find value in participation in in the church or or outside of the church or, or whatever. So
3: what I'm That's just fun. I'm just for breaking down walls and barriers. It it seems like everywhere I go, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, people have these barriers up. Like these ex-Mormons that uh, refuse to listen to anything that's pro-church or from the church or listen to somebody that still goes to church. And then you get the believers that won't listen to anything that uh, even references anything ex-Mormon or critical of of any of the doctrines or anything like that, I just want some of those barriers broken down. Because, frankly, I don't, I don't belong in either group. I don't, I don't believe I don't belong in the believers group, and I don't belong in the ex Mormon group. So, so everywhere I go, I always run into walls with people. Yeah,
2: everywhere. I don't either. And I woke up this morning and I went, I don't feel like going to church today, so I didn't. You know, so Me I mean, too. it's not like I'm this big <laughs> church going. You know, I, I just, I, I don't want to be pigeonholed into one thing where I have to do this or that, you know. But I want to be able to have uh, a, a place with um, respectful dialogue, and, mm-hmm. and we can ask questions and we can challenge each other and uh, do that in objectivity and. Sure. I, so I've got a wow. question for you, Glenn and, and Tom. Yeah. I don't know,
4: just for clarity, because it seemed like maybe we were dancing around this very question, but in op- in this is probably the podcast to to be open about it. So, what what is your goal with Mormon expression? Like specifically, what why are you a part of it? What is I mean, is that too heavy of a question to ask off the cuff?
2: No, you want to go first, Tom, or you want me to? You better go, Glenn. To to educate on matters related to Mormon history, doctrine, culture, practice, or persuasion. Uh, to be entertaining and fun and diverse and intellectually stimulating. And then to uh, create an interactive community with diverse perspectives from different experiences, both inside and outside of the Mormon experience, so that anyone connected or interested in Mormonism can engage, where people with the respect and a healthy sense of humor can just talk with each other. Were you that reading that? Yeah, I was going to say, is that on the back of your business card? Or I think
1: he <laughs> got that from the Dilbert like uh, mission statement generator. Wow, that's really yeah, that's
4: that's great, man. Yeah.
3: Uh, as far as I go, I I like you should have gone first,
2: Tom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> should have. I'm not going to be able to close up that one at all. I just like to. I just have a fascination with looking at uh, Mormonism critically. And I think it's, uh, I think it's fascinating. And I, I gravitate towards critical or people that have a critical thinking mindset. That's, I just kind of gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting and I like to have fun. I, I really have a, a high amount of respect for John Larson and, and the other guys that, are, that are on this podcast and girls, excuse me, Heather and Zilpa <laughs> and the others, Bridget. I, I really. I mean, I have a a whole lot of, uh, respect and admiration for, for everybody's decisions and their positions where they stand with the church. I just, I guess I just want to, you know, have that, uh, replaced or not replaced,
2: reciprocated. What's the word Glenn PhD? I don't know. I was, I was thinking that you didn't say Robin. Hey, hey, Rich, what what about you? Robin. Oh, Robin. (laughs) Well, I um. I
4: I just probably echo what you guys are saying but for me it's it's uh more or less um I just want to uh, I guess le- separating myself from the church and my family was was a was a difficult process so and I and like Tom I uh, I kind of uh gen- generally align myself with people that that think in similar terms. So I found myself kind of here and, and that's all. So as, as, as we alluded to earlier, I'm just trying to expand the landing pad and, and, you know, in any way that I can, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel significant in that measure. I was, but but yeah.
2: So, so what do you do when you've got stories in your family, you know, your, your parents or your grandparents have these stories about angelic experiences, these spiritual experiences that you don't believe anymore
1: what do you mean you don't you don't believe them
2: you don't believe if if you don't believe in angels anymore
1: well okay i i'll, I'll feel that cuz i don't yeah. i don't believe in angels that they exist out there um i don't believe in ghosts or, or or any of that stuff um that they have an objective reality but that doesn't mean that the experience that people have with those is not real that that just because i'm not religious and i don't believe in religion does not mean i discount religious experience um, it's a part and parcel of our psychology, and and any look at the world and the world's history will show you that those experiences and those myths and those stories are real to people and they have a real function. But they can be really manipulated too, and that's where it becomes dangerous. That It's not that people believe these things, it's that there's always another egghead coming up behind who wants to then sell you salvation behind it and that's where i have a problem but just because there's no such thing as angels doesn't mean that people don't see angels
2: so so with with your and i'm thinking of it you know from the the relationship angle just with people in your family did, how 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 open are you with them with, about your disbelief in in the angels and Especially if, if they come to you and they share this with you. You know, I had this experience, remember this experience of grandpa, and it's this very respectful, shared piece of your family. Um, you just kind of
1: poop on it? I, no, I, I try to be respectful of that. I try to say, you know, things like, that must be meaningful, or I'll give this sort of answer <laughs> I gave there. But normally I find that if they're coming to me with something like that, um, they're, they they are they're coming with an argumentative purpose. But the problem is they only have about one argument back before they're done. You know, so if somebody comes to you and says, and I've had people do this. I've had probably more than five people do this to me. Come and say, I know the church is true because grandpa had this experience or I had this experience. And then what I usually say is something like, I don't, I'm not trying to invalidate that experience. I just don't believe in ghosts. So before you can convince me that your grandpa saw a ghost, you have to convince me there's ghosts. And they usually, they got nothing at that point. They can only circular it around and say, well, I know there's ghosts because grandpa saw ghosts. But then you have to say, well, how did your grandpa know that what he was seeing was a ghost? And they, they got nothing.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: this this is interesting. I don't think this – I don't know if this is where you're headed with this, Glenn. But at what point, as, as those of us that have gone through a transitional phase through our belief systems, at what point do we say to those people that were in a place where we were earlier, you know, call them out on their BS? Like – <laughs> yeah, that you know that whole thing with X, Y, and Z that that doesn't actually work, and I've and I've come across evidence that proves otherwise. At what point do
4: you call them out?
1: Do you never. at all, or yeah. do you never? You can you... never win that argument. Yeah,
4: why way. why ever do that? I mean,
1: we've all done it, and we've all screwed it up.
3: Well, I think I think this is really the antithesis of why so many uh, marriage struggle. When, a belief, when one spouse has a belief crisis of some sort because you can't convince the other. The other's got to come up with it on their own.
4: True, right. And back to kind of what you were saying, Glenn, um, for me, the void, um, John gave his example of how he handles the angel question, but for me, the void of uh, not having the doctrine of the church or the salvation of the church in my life anymore, that was largely filled by the, uh, the culture of the church. And those stories, and I've become a lot more uh, of a cultural Mormon in that sense. So whenever I get around those stories, I gleefully listen and and, and sincerely listen to them because I think that, you know, they're just fascinating. I've, I've never had anything supernatural happen to me, um, at, at least that I uh, can look at now and say it was supernatural. And, you know, so I, I don't have those beliefs, you know, they don't necessarily work upon me with the spirit or whatever, but, but they're definitely fascinating nonetheless and important to me. Well...
3: Well if you may have had something supernatural happen, but you have a bias, you don't look at them <laughs> that way anymore. <laughs>
1: right Yeah, there you go. Was that the answer you wanted, Glenn?
2: No, well I mean I didn't, I didn't, have, any, I didn't have any preconceived ex- expectation for an answer. I just was curious for the discussion.
1: No, but these these are hard questions, and that's why I say you know the the important thing is the only way to answer them is to go at them again and again and again and again. And you know, eventually, you get your answer. Then you stop listening to Mormon expression, and that's cool. Um, but you know, some. But just keep donating. Just don't stop (laughs) listening. You can stop listening.
0: (laughs) Do you think people really stop listening once they get their quote answer? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I, I've met a lot of people stop listening. Uh, It's understandable. I mean, we're, you know, we 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 sort of have this Mormon cultural. Mormon history, and some people just move on, and that that's pretty much expected. I, I don't criticize people who still find these things interesting because I'm in that camp, but I can understand why you wouldn't.
2: Yeah, most people I know who stop listening blame it on Mike.
1: <laughs> yeah, but those people all still listen. Have you noticed that? Because <laughs> they'll, they'll no. come back and tell you the latest thing that that, that Mike said. Yeah. yeah, but you know, if if you can't even tolerate, my, and often they say, "I feel." they'll say something like, I feel like I'm in Sunday school again. I can't listen to Mike anymore. Then you are not in a healthy spot yet. You haven't come to terms with your own self because, because probably those people are seeing themselves reflected back in Mike and they can't say, ha I used to be just like that. (laughs) They can't do that. And they, 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 they'll never be fully healed until they can.
0: My husband has told me more than once that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Hmm. Ooh. Profound guy.
1: <laughs> Ooh. That's
3: sort of that like, a Zen like something Cohen. the Socrates would say. Yeah, Socrates.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so um, kind of to wrap up, you know, we talked about ob- objectivity, bias, and balance. I would say balance. Yeah, we try to achieve balance, but not in the way that I think a, a lot of um, regular people would or regular Mormons would say it. So I think our conference is a way to balance out. The, the propaganda you, you hear over the pulpit. So I think when we talk about the Pullman speech, we're balancing out that that narrative and what went down the memory hole. So, But you can't necessarily look at our podcast just outside of the context of whatever we're, we're, we're talking about. We're part of a greater thing. So that's what I'd say about balance. I would say about bias, yes, we have our biases, but I think we wear our biases right on our shirt. I think we talk about them and, and we're we're open about them and we invite in everybody else with their biases too. Um and we we bend over backwards. It, it probably doesn't sound like it, but we go out of our way to try to get apologists and faithful people on and they oftentimes just don't don't want to. And I understand that. Um as to as to being objective um I, I think we try to objectively look at things, but we understand we have our own, we have our own opinions and and like like I said in the beginning, we're objectively looking at something. We're objectively looking at what um, Gene Sessions' opinion is, like I said in the beginning. Not necessarily we're trying to objectively look at Mountain Meadows Massacre because there is no way to objectively look at Mountain Meadows Massacre. It's too big. So that's my take or, or my final take on the on the three. And I, once again, I want to say what we're up against is, is largely propaganda. So um, you have to recognize that when you talk about balance, that we're up against a big, well-funded, well engineered propaganda machine, and we're gonna come out looking like little angry gnomes.
0: Depending <laughs> upon your bias. You
1: especially. Uh, me especially. <laughs> any other last, last, uh, clearinghouse thoughts from any of the rest of you?
2: Can I not be a little angry gnome? No. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> but we wear big hats. It's There's got, got
4: its perks, things. Glenn.
1: It's got its perks. <laughs> okay. Any 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 more thoughts? I don't I don't need the last word on this one. Biasm. <laughs> Biasm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Put that
3: in your put that in your scrabble game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will continue to think that Mormon expression is unbiased and balanced as long as people are not um brought on um under false mis or under false misconceptions under false pretenses in order to try to get them and as long as you guys are always willing to
1: hey do no, s- don't <laughs> you guys you're you're, you're I wearing- guess I'm
0: part of the group now as long as we are willing to consider doing a story on uh, we're at least we're not willing we don't pass up stories simply because we're worried about it might offend this person or that person you know what I mean as long as we're not as long as we're willing to take any story that pertains to Mormonism and consider talking about it, I think Mormonism or uh, Mormon expressions good to go. Sorry to ramble there.
1: Good words to end by. Hey, there's no rules against rambling, or otherwise, everything <laughs> would be a lot shorter. I think. Glenn, you don't you don't have any last words. I, I like biasm.
2: All right, <laughs> I'm gonna go with biasm. <laughs>
1: Alright, so, um, I didn't put out the beginning. Couple of, uh, reminders if you made it to the end. The big live show, uh, August 6th, um, at the, uh, Avalon Theater in Salt Lake City. I now have the ticket page up. If you go to Mormon Expression slash tickets, you can purchase your tickets. $17 a piece, um, advanced, $22 at the door. Uh, the essay contest is now officially open. Um, the deadline is July first. Your essay has to be about something about Mormonism and under ten minutes. Winner gets a hundred bucks, cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cruise all the way into January. Um, anything I missed? All right. As always, the discussion continues on the uh, the website, and uh, we want to continue this one on May first of two thousand eleven at eight p.m. Mountain Time. We will have a feedback episode. Where you can tell us what you think, and we'll be uh, we'll be ready to take it with our catcher's mitts. So, uh, <laughs> all right, thanks everybody.
3: Thanks. thanks guys. Good. Bye.